Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Clipcentral.com. Well, we may as well talk about it. Yeah, let's continue. Let's continue. So, um, you were saying, um, when Winston recorded this, <laughs> he was a 20 odd year old, 20 something year old on the, on the yeah. sax, right? Yes, yeah. the tone and timbre of the black male voice, you can wow. hear it on that, you know, absolutely. Yeah, well, we've got a, a, a surprise for you guys. Yeah, you know, Percy and I were rapping on and on. Right, right, right. lyrical right. about jazz. Right, right, right. And then, and then, of course, and then, and then, of course, and then right. Mr. Loud, right. Mr. Loud and Late. Uh, <laughs> but you're not the surprise, Monabisi. But know, thanks for spoiling it. Fortunately for you, it's a hip hop name. I know it's, it's okay. <laughs> in fact, Monabisi is not a surprise. He's like a don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Like don't, do not go there. Do not go there. But anyway, we do have a surprise in the studio. Yes. Um, and he's gonna burn up all your love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that a bit of a cliche. I'm sorry. I've used some of your lines in my lines That's too many cool. times. Too many, in fact, you should give you money for trademarking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sipo, hot sticks, Mabuse. How are you, sir? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. standing ovations. Standing yeah. ovations. Yeah, in fact, Thank we should so actually much. stand with our mics. Yeah. <laughs> we should honor the man Everybody stand yeah, exactly. and speak on mics Everybody. while standing. Yeah. You All know right. what I think about Brasipo? Yeah. Is that his name is very deceptive. Okay. Because when you say hot sticks, you think of him only as a drummer. Exactly, but, but, but he's, he's a not very prodigious musician. Exactly, you know, uh, saxophone. Yeah, composer. <laughs> I always thought when, yeah. when when I first you know um, got introduced to your music, I knew that well, I didn't know, but but I knew you were more than a drummer. But I thought you were a drummer because of the hot sticks. Part I'm still of it. a drummer. You're still a drummer. I'm still a drummer. What are the mean one is dead. What are the instruments that you play? Um, well, you know, I, I, I don't want to say I play certain instruments. Okay. I am a curious musician rather because hmm. every instrument I get to, I want to try and play. Hmm. So next time you'll see me probably playing a harp. Which is not very far off. I'll be playing a harp. Okay, but can you play a harp? Probably uh, play also, you know, a kalimba hmm. and okay. bira. Yes, yeah. the yeah, yes. Some of those instruments. I'm always, I think I come from an era which was more influenced by thinking through music, thinking into music. Mm. Yeah. And that sort of motivated or inspired us to, um, to learn different things. Every country you go to, the first thing you want to is not the food. It's the instrument yeah. and the music. <laughs> I mean, two, two, three years ago, I went to uh, to the Middle East, mm-hmm. and um, I went into Syria. The first thing I wanted to know: what instruments do you guys have here? And I had my soprano saxophone and flute, mm-hmm. and they brought a violin called a rubab. <laughs> yes, you know, a rub, a rubab. Okay, yeah. And what was even more interesting about that instrument, you could not just get it in the city. It hmm. was in the Bedouins, hmm. the desert. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. The, where the griots yeah. are. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this guy started playing. I took out my soprano. So I interacted and I bought one and I asked him to teach me. Hmm. So um, at what age did you, you were born in 1951. Yes. Right? So at what age did you start hearing the music? Did you, I mean, when do you remember that? I, I can hear the music And that's the music That obviously shaped you You know You know To me 
that again is cliched. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you hear music in your mother's womb. No doubt. Huh. No doubt. Huh. Huh. That's the first thing that will determine as you come out as to whether you'll be musical or not. Mm-hmm. The frequency. Yeah. yeah. If your huh. mom did not sing as she was working or doing anything, you will not be able to, you know, to relate to music. Mm. So I'd like to believe that I had most of the music from my... From, from the time from that you were in the room, right? She was a Zulu woman, you know. So we're talking yeah. like 50-51 here. Yeah. Yeah. And what, of what? course, the, ad- the other advantage I had is that I had uncles, you know, who were a group of... Um, Katamiya singers. Okay. Right, right. And that, that for me was one of the most, uh, infectious periods. Yeah. Uh, my musical formation. What is Katamiya? Cause I, I'm from a new era. Lady you know? Smith, Black Mambazo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the no, no, I, and I know I'm asking because I'm not the only one that knows. You yeah. know, the youth of today, I know we don't, I, I didn't know that. Mm. And I'd like to consider myself as, as a fundi in that department. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. You so, know, uh, Pessy has just given you an example. Right, an right, example. It's right. It's that kind of mm. music as sung by, I think the Harmonies easier voice, description yeah. of Statamia would be as, as in Ladysmith Black Mombasa's type of singing. Right, because right. Because they are the, maybe a repository? Okay. Yeah. Or the most popular group that has really taken that music. The most well known, I suppose, right. in South yeah. Africa. So that yeah. kind yeah. of music is considered but Katamiya. That's, a, that's an interesting. Katamiya. Katamiya, the, the musical, where it started, you know, from mm. what I've heard, that it was started at the mines. They used to have, uh, in, in the 20s, yeah. they used to have uh, barbershop quartets and, and, and those kind of singers male, coming in ma- from male America. Cor- male chorals. Male chorals, right? Yeah. But the, uh, the the bosses on the mines didn't like it when the blacks were making noise, mm. especially because it's got all those moves. Yeah, so yeah. they had to learn how to make the moves tiptoe tip gently yeah. and sing it at a lower volume. Am I right there? Nah, let me... You know, school us, school us, school us. In, <laughs> We're in school right now, so school know, I has was, started. I, 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 I was studying anthropology, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I actually uh, musical anthropology. One of the subjects that I immersed myself in was um, a lot about Istatamia, Ingomapsu. Mm. <laughs> now, not in the mines. It not ha- it did not happen in the mines. It was different. It happened in the kitchens. Hmm. The guys who came to work in the cities, the yeah. guys who, yeah. who came to work in the cities, uh-huh. and then because there was nothing else to do at night, yeah. so they co- exactly as you were saying, collectively come through, um, get together, and start making music. You know, yeah. yeah, and of course the dances which were tiptoeing, and the, so that's how yeah. it was created. What and I find uh, interesting, Brasipo, about I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, uh, the, the relationship between this music and the culture of a people is that it comes out of a Zulu experience, absolutely, a people who are known to be very robust warrior types, and yet the music is so gentle, mm. okay, and, and so soft. 
But hang on a second. I mean, you know, no, no, like, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so, so what I'm, what I'm finding very interesting is that, I mean, even the, 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 the harmonies of the yeah. sound, of the, of, of the music itself, they're so sweet and gentle. I think, right? I think that uh, uh, embodies the contradiction of, of a Zulu man. Yeah, yeah no, 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 that, for that sure. This is what I'm saying. They become all soft. Also, this is, but this is exactly what I'm yeah. saying, that when the general stereotype of, of Zulu masculinity is that of a robust, a Zog Shire winner. When he talks to a man, you'll say it like that. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know, but yet, you know, you, you have this, this, this variant as well. You know, another uh, thrust and expression of, of that identity that's so soft and beautiful yeah. beyond measure. Yeah. You know, people need to understand Zulus in mm. holistically. Yes. I am born of a Zulu woman. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I have known Zulu gentleness yeah. beyond the warrior. Because mm. fortunately, I was surrounded by uncles, you know, who were always gentle, generous, and so and protective. Mm. Their warrior-like status is more protective rather than aggressive. Okay, you know? that's true. And it, this is the experience that I grew up with. Now, for me also, the advantage of maybe the privilege of being born in that environment was such that I was exposed to this music. Mm. My uncle King, mm. my mother's uh, second eldest brother, Malum. used to work in the kitchens. Mm. Malum King. Emma Kishi. Yeah. So, but he was one of those smartly dressed men. Uh-huh. Every Friday he'd come and visit my mom at home. All sure. Right. But guess what? In the evening, we go to Nansfield Hostel. I was about to say, <laughs> you're going to go hear a concert or something. We go to Nansfield Hostel. <laughs> yeah. Malume would take me to Nansfield oh, Hostel. Wow. It was glorious, man. Mm. It was glorious. There were groups like the King Star Brothers. Mm. And he also formed his own band. Because every time what he said, all his other brothers yeah. were yeah. coming yeah. from yeah. all other yeah. areas. And then Coco would make them food and drinks. And once they start drinking, huh. wait until they start singing. So Ngomabsugu was more celebratory, really. It was more interactive. It was not really about music that was created in the kitchens. Mm. It's music that has always been there at home, Emakai. Right. So when they go to the cities, they, they interact in that music. Okay. And that's the only, that's, that's all, it's almost like, the trouble, take people, uh, take slaves. Let's yes, look at the slaves. Yes, yes, yes. The only way of communication was through Music, the, music. Music. the, trans- so, the transportable idiom, the, transp- yeah. the transportable idiom. Yeah, but your surname is Mabuse. Is Mabuse? Mabuse, which is Obatwana. Obatwana. Yes. So your your Zulu mom and Twana father. Yes. Musically, um, from the Twana side, what did you mm. pick up? Let me let me say something that is very interesting. My uh, mother always called us Mabuza. You know yes. that's that's Zulu <laughs> dominance. Yeah. <laughs> she called my father Mabuza, and my father was always angry. Yeah. And my father Mabuza. would insist that we speak Susutu when, when you know mm. Setswana, mm. and he would emphatically say more asimoma zulunki mo batswane. But my mother, being the Zulu person and the dominating one, yes. she would say Mabuza. So I kill You know. Mm. But my father called Mpo. My yes. brother used to be Temba, hmm. but his name is Tsebo. So, 
So, we, so yeah. yeah, there was always that. The marriage of languages. The marriage of languages. And growing up, I mean, you, you're a typical. You grew up in Johannesburg, Soweto, Soweto right? Yes. So it's a, it's a typical mix of all these South African cultures and genealogies coming together that create you, and and the the the, the space that you find yourself in, and then from there it creates your love of music. And you join your first band. You make up your first band together mm-hmm. with uh, the a, late a, Selbin Tuli. Yes, Beatles. the Beatles. Yes. What kind of music did you guys at do? high school? In high school, pop music. Yeah, real pop. Yeah. You know, because we were high school, and uh, you were doing the music that was popular back then. No, basically. no, no, no? Not, not even. at all. Not, not at all. all. Okay. We were do, doing music which was uh, considered elite, because mm, we were high okay. school musician. You know. Musicians at that time never, most yeah. of them were not considered uh, educated, they never went to school. Mm-hmm. So they were considered vagrants and so on. Now we started our band at high school and we spoke English and we listened to then what was called Springbok Radio, LM right. Radio. So all the music that we heard were the Beatles, the Rolling Stones and so on. Okay. And popular music then was Mpakanga music. Oh, I see. Oh, saxophone. You I know, see. Jive saxophone. Yeah. When you say then popular music, are you talking popular music among the working class or in the township or popular music in South in, Africa? In the black experience. In the black, in the black experience. experience. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. In the black experience. And um, so you guys were making music like what the Rolling Stones the and the Rolling Beatles were making. Beatles and <laughs> uh, I feel it in my fingers. <laughs> I, I feel it in my <laughs> toes. That's the first song we sang in school. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. at the assembly. Assembly line. Yeah. I remember I remember at the, the last gig you guys did at, at, at Gold Reef City, you, you, you and Pops did that version of Norwegian Wood. Norwegian Wood, yes. Which I think, and, I, and I've heard all sorts of versions of this track. Right, and I think I mean I was I actually a few days later I was sitting with Prapops for for an article that's in the current Black magazine. Go get yeah. your copy. <laughs> Damn straight, Damn straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's the one that I saw as well. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and that version for me is I mean, uh, Kat Elling has done a take on it. A view. Oh, yeah, but that co- is also a killer. It's a killer version. But I, I look for that Norwegian <laughs> word. I look for it everywhere. I couldn't find it. Yeah, look, which man. one? Uh, no, no, it hasn't been, it hasn't been released yours, yet. Yours, not if you missed the gig, this is why live music is important. This is why it's important to go to live venues. Yeah, yeah. If you missed yeah. it there, you yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. No, you can't. But, but, but I, I, I yeah, had, yeah. I had Brapops on that Kora of his, which yeah. he, you know, uh, and I, you know, when I was sitting so in was there, the woman with the, uh, 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 the look, man, look, man. Look, man, it's an experience. It's very few times that I'm lost for words, right? Oh, <laughs> and I can yeah. see yeah. the soul is speaking now. Yeah, so if like, everyone can hear Percy's soul, it's speaking yeah, loud. Uh, I, I mean, Prop uh, said that you guys are, are are releasing that as a DVD and a yeah. recording. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, and, hmm. yeah it's, I mean, so I mean that shows you the the largeness of Brasipo's music yeah. from Stratamia to. The Beatles uh, and to a version that encompasses North African instruments like yeah. a, like a you, corner, know you know through Pops yeah. Mohammed, who's mm. himself mm. a giant on his own. Yeah, yeah. I, like I say, you know, I'm I'm a curious person, and you know, incidentally speaking about that, there was a guy who came to tune the piano. Mm. He's from England, uh-huh. and he grew up on the Beatles music. Uh-huh. For him, that was the best thing he'd ever had musically to come yeah. out of this country. Yeah, I mean, this guy came to me and he said, "Sipo." How old were you when you heard the Beatles? <laughs> you playing this music? I said, that's the first song I performed on stage. Mm. Norwegian Wood. Very first song I performed on stage. I was a nerve wreck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
going there in front of a microphone. By the way, what, hundreds what, of you students. remember what, what year was, that was? Yes, 1968. 1968. We're talking that about that, that, year. that year, right? That yes, number. Year. Huh? Yeah. 1968. <laughs> okay, but from there, right? Musically, let's go to now as a grown man. Mm-hmm. You are part of one of the funkiest, coolest bands come out of South Africa at the time. I mean, you guys, in terms of fashion, you were doing things that were like always well. In fact, I think we should tweet the picture of him now. <laughs> you should. The right now, the fashion stopped. hasn't stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're with Harari, right? You didn't start out as Harari. That that happened after you, you guys, you got together and then you went to uh, Zimbabwe to do a tour. Yes. And then you came back and you were like Harari. But yes. Harari, like in the 70s, for me as, as a child in the late 70s, it was like the coolest band ever. Only the cool kids had those albums. But not everyone could pull off the look that you guys had, of course. <laughs> but you know, you, you know, this is something that I always want people to understand. Harari grew as more as a concept, politically conscious concept, mm. really, rather than just a group that made music. Okay. For instance, for us to change from the Beatles to, um, to, to Harari. Was as a result of black conscious, consciousness influence. Yes. You know? Yes. We were privileged in a way that we interacted in, in that space. Yeah. Where BC was, you know, there was just this groundswell of political influence, which was fantastic, which is great influence. Because then what, what it was saying, look deep to yourself mm. and find out who you are. Right. Mm. right and then right. from there you are able to express yourself better. Right. Musically, you know, literally, literally, and and so on. So we we changed from the pop into the traditional, and the music that you are referring to is the second era. Yes, that's a different generation because a lot of people did not hear Harari during Selby's time. Okay. Yeah. You know, people never heard us during Selby's time, and unfortunately, it was a very short-lived time. But trust me, many of the Black consciousness exponents today can remember because most of the music we made at universities, yeah, yeah. you know, which was where and this the, is a hotbed of that was the hotbed of consciousness. I mean, Botiro, Steve, and these were the people yeah. that we interacted with. I mean, I I, I constantly speak to Norman Dubezana, who's a who is a a um, Norman is a specialist surgeon. Mm. He was there. I, he always says, "Maria Humbula ni figi le lapula le rumin lami e e e e vasiliti." You know, and and these are guys that were there. Here's an interesting thing for me. Um, you know, we look at the young hip hoppers now and what they're doing, which is quite pop, but it's like they've they've taken it and Africanized it in that way. Did you guys get a lot of slack back then? For being too American in, in, in any way? Did, did the people who misunderstood you and what you, what you stood for, especially as Harari, the, the, the funk that you brought, the soul that you guys had, and this totally new look, which, you know, it's hard to place, in fact. I don't even know where it is you know coming when, from. When but you did people s- criticize you for that? When you set trends, hmm. nobody can criticize you for being the trendsetter. Okay. Because you, you, you lead. The process. Yes, right, yes, right, right, right. So right. those who come, you, when you lead the process, nobody can be, you know, mm, they can be critical just, of They were never ready. They were never ready for it. <laughs> they weren't ready. They weren't <laughs> ready. They weren't ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
because we, we, we were setting all the trends off, all the groups that came and uh, started giving themselves the African names was as a result of the success and the trends that we have set up. Mm. I mean, I can name groups like Sakile, Stimela, yeah. Batsumi. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people don't even know there was a band called Batsumi. Yeah. Killer band. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And uh, I've heard these, of I've heard yeah, the music. I these, in fact, yeah. I still want to record some of their music. I think it's right, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually speaking to John Mutuping because I want him to come and play the piano. Nice. And I'll mm. play the flute. Yeah. And, and we'll was, bring the crowd. We'll bring the crowd. Uh, please I'll do. bring the drinks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the <laughs> drinks we'll bring. Yeah. So, we had to set the trend. Mm. And for us, it was very important because we were not just a band that made music without any level of consciousness of yeah, what the sure. music, what is the value of music in our communities and societies. Yeah. You know. Prasipo, another thing that, that, that has developed now that was not that strong then, and I'd like to, to talk more about that, is this idea of dividing music, musicians across genre lines. I mean, you you were doing funk and whatnot, but in your in your in your circle there was the likes of Begim Seleku, who were hectic jazz musicians. But the interaction was you know beyond you know genre groupings. Yeah, and you guys saw yourself as musicians. Never mind that your outputs were was different. Was was different. Tell us more about that interaction amongst musicians and 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 how you guys as a generation saw your place in the community. You know when I when I when I said we we set the trend. Mm-hmm. Some of the musicians, like Becky, were fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting enough, you know, uh, for instance, pop music, pop music, pop music, and Mbakang had certain similarities where Harari became the influence into transforming jazz. Yeah. yeah. The Soul Brothers became central into transforming Mbakang. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, And I said that at David's funeral. I said a lot of people think the Soul Brothers just as a group, but Mbakanga was always a group that was a, a, a music that was played Play on guitar, guitars, right? blah blah, and yeah. drums and so on. Come in the Soul Brothers, the organ takes over. Yeah. Yeah. A new trend, a new sound of Mbakanga is introduced. The harmony so, grows exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the Beatles did exactly the same thing. Pop music was a guitar, you know, driven. Mm-hmm. Sound, genre, yeah. Until we came in with the organ. Okay. Wow. The sound was new. And of course we called it so it's a soul music at that time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's mm. what we used to mm. call it. But it grew from there and suddenly there were all these bands. Beggy used to love Selby's keyboard playing. Yeah. And so of course, Be- I mean he was a keyboardist himself. Exactly. Yeah. He used to play in a band called The Expression. And of course, there was also Sipo Kumede. So where did all these Sipo. other guys? Yeah. You, you know, everybody. I mean, this, yeah. is, like, this <laughs> is like an anthology of everybody that yeah. played music in South Africa. Yeah. But you, you also worked with, well, I suppose, do we even call them classical South African jazz musicians? Yeah. Abo Brahim Asekela, Mamne yes, Makeba, all those yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, land, you, the landmark artists. Okay, the landmark <laughs> artists. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, landmark yeah, artists, yeah. the classical yeah. landmark artists. Yeah. You worked with, with like from classics, I suppose, classical <laughs> landmark yeah, artists. Yeah. Spongi Le Kumalo. Spongi Le Kumalo. Yeah. Uh, who, who is like Afro, I'd say oh, opera. She's, she's, yes. You know, if we can call a, it that. She's musician par excellence. You know what I mean? She's in another level. But here's my thing. First time meeting Brasipo, Hot Sticks, 1980s. You're going to burn out. <laughs> oh, my love. And the township is ablaze. It's burning for real. But like, <laughs> you were just the coolest guy. At, like the coolest 
black man in South Africa I'd ever seen. And I say that like like literally because in like, tights and a beret, you're oh. getting you're getting this 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 American stuff, and you're like only black Americans can. Be also, cool. Cool. is that why you started dressing up so well? <laughs> exactly. No, for sure. No, for sure. Yeah. And then like suddenly you come out, and it's like hold up, switch off the TV. We we have this, and it was such a, a great moment for us to be able to go. You know, I mean you. You're a handsome brother. Like, you still are. Have I changed? No, you, you still are. You still are. But I'm saying, when you came out, you were like, dang, that guy. You know, and I was like preteen, but I knew that, yo, if I have a girlfriend, I must not introduce him to Brasipo. <laughs> you know. But the thing is, what you changed at the time, you know, when I first met you, was how we see ourselves. I mean, I, I suppose I was there with Harari, but I was way too young, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. When I really was like more awake and, and aware of who really I was, was when you came out with Burnout, right? Yeah. And it was like such a great look in terms of understanding that, you know what? The township is cool. It's not where we're supposed to be. Make no mistake yeah, about that. Yeah. But it's just as cool as anything that is international. And that was so important, I think, for, for people of my yeah. generation at somebody, that time. Somebody said, somebody, somebody said that black virtuosity consists of exceptional Black men and women making ma- ma- making making difficult things look easy. That's mm-hmm. it, right? I mean, I think the, the the context within which Brasipos. Did you hear that? Yeah. Did you hear Percy? <laughs> that was deep. Is cool, I mean, that is high it. intellectual verbosity. But it's this idea that even even I mean if. You know, townships now, there's democracy, you can make things happen, right? Yeah, no, it wasn't there. The 80s also is, 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 is a state of emergency. Exactly. I mean, burnout comes into this. Right? It was tough. Mm. But to make it look so easy and fun must have taken exceptional talents. Yeah, and the, and the high right. quality of the product in every yeah, way—the yeah. song itself, the video itself—there was there was nothing that you watched that didn't make you feel proud as a South African, as a young man. I thank you for that because it made me realize that this thing was very much possible for us to be able to do. And and part of where I am now is because of people like you. So I think that's what it is. Like the exceptional talent that we see, you can do amazing things with that. Because of who you were and what you represented, here I am. So I wanted to say thank you for that, and I want you to know that we we used burnout in 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 a, in a show that we did um, it was ninety eight when I was still at drama school called um, Deep in the Lokalala, and and people were still going crazy for it in nineteen ninety eight. It was just as contemporary as if it had just come out when we were in places like Amsterdam and Jerusalem, and we're just touring, you know, internationally with it. And that was the one that stood out the most. That song. Um, that we played in, it's in, in still that particular me play, that you know, as students. Time, frankly, it's still, you know, it still amazes me that every time I go into a club and I see. Mm-hmm. You still club? Uh, no, no, well, I, you know, it's, I, a, it's a different kind oh, of club. No. It's, it's, not like, it's like a jazz club. I go and dip, when people have to start dancing and then they, you know, they play all the dance music and yeah. when burnout comes on, just the response and the reaction. It's a classic. And, mm. and I think, Maybe it's all it, you know. That's, I always refer to that song as an, an ancestral gift. Yes, yeah. but it's yeah. a, I was going to say, how did you get it? How did you like? Did you were you sleeping and you heard it in your dreams and you woke up and you you rushed to your flute or your piano and and played a few chords? Yeah, you know, it, it's very strange how that song was created because in most cases you tell yourself, "I'm going to compose." You yes, go and you sit on the piano and you start playing things, and but this one. It was 
I think it was about twelve, one o'clock in the morning. I was some feeling somewhat depressed. Okay. You know, mm. I was my my spirits mm. were rather down because everything I was trying to put up that night was just not working. And I said to the sound engineer, you know what? I I could actually see him also sitting like this and not knowing what he what we I think we tried everything possible to try and work on and I went to the piano just because mm. I just wanted to vent my mm. frustration mm. on what was and suddenly this thing just came. You got it. Suddenly this thing came and I started playing. And I immediately said, can you please put, let's put this down, Rich. Mm. Let's put this down so that I don't forget it. And we started playing, playing and playing. And the song just came. I could mm. actually see the song just, it's just coming. Uh, I, you know, unveil itself and lyrics were coming through. Everything was created on a basis that it was just spontaneous. Here's an and interesting thing with what you're saying, because now it makes sense. I mean, the song is about literally someone's going to burn out your love. It's a, it's a lack of reciprocation. You're giving, you're giving, you're giving. And if you think of, mm. of love as a fuel of, mm -hmm. of sorts, like mm -hmm. a petrol or whatever, mm -hmm. you're just pouring it on. And, and, and the other person is not pouring it back. It's so true to speak. because it, I think it was happening at that time. I was also experiencing this relationship that was complex. Yes. And rather difficult. And there was just, this thing and i guess in a way it inspired everything that i was saying you know i've been watching it baby yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. every day of my but, life but you're, you're messing me up mm. with these guys you know what there'll come a time when the love goes and you're gonna burn out all this you're gonna burn it out. No. and that's how it worked out yeah. right. and, and then from there i mean um you already a I suppose a pop star. So did, did life really change for you or was it just more of the same after this huge hit? I must add it changed. There's a, there's a oh, lot, yeah. there were a lot of changes. I mean, when you, I think if you, if you look at what's even happening today is that most of us aspire to, to crack it internationally and so on. Yes. Yeah. And uh, when, when you suddenly hear from your record company calling you the following day and saying, listen, we have a deal with CBS. Yes. And you wow. know who CBS is? Wow. CBS is where Michael Jackson is. Yeah. CBS is where the Rolling Stones are. And they want, they want to CBS talk to you. is where Bruce Springsteen is. Yeah. And here you are from Soweto. Everybody wants to be in, in that, yeah. Yeah. in that space. Mm. And you think, what? Peter Gallo says, come, let's go. We have to go to the US. <laughs> and off you go. Off we go. That's it. And you come in there, all the posters, your name and every, is amongst all those musicians. What more could you ask for? Yeah. 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 A living legend. What more could you ask for? You think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is almost like a dream. Yeah. And the next thing yeah. you are in Los Angeles and, and you know what's even very interesting about this song? It was not only CBS that was interested. Mm. There was record companies in the UK. Record companies in, mm -hmm. in Germany. Cause they were all different record companies, but CBS was the major the holding. Thing. Yeah. And Virgin calls you. Say, no, we want this artist. Who is he? And of course, I must add that it came at, at the right time because there was all this interest 
around African music. Right. You right, had yeah, all the Af- yeah. Af- Af- musicians like Yusundu, <laughs> you know, Salif, and all these guys were just happening internationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Morikante had just released oh, yeah. this major, uh, you know, Yaki Yaki CD. Mm. So, Bernard comes in within that space, mm. and of course, Paul Simon comes in. Mm. Yeah. So, the interest just grows. How, but how difficult was it, Brasipo, to be getting that level of international success in the background of the cultural boycott? Because you're mentioning uh, Paul, Paul Simon, Simon yes. and of course, the political climate or the political issue here was that, no, 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 you must, you know, uh, isolate South Africa and whatnot. Because mm-hmm. as a victim of that thing that people are trying to isolate, you you in a sort of a catch-22. You know what was very interesting? You, you, while you were caught up in that, there were those who will fight the, your battles for you. Yeah. <laughs> there were yeah. those who argued for and those against. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you were yeah. in the middle of this, that space Storm. where there will be those who will fight your battles for you. Mm. So fortunately, you were not caught up in having to, to argue your own. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. not like Stimela. Yeah. Stimela, unfortunately, they were caught up with the Paul Simon Thing, uh, issue. You were, yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, you had I was more outside it, and uh, yes, I did get interviews in the UK, for instance, what my position was, mm-hmm. and uh, I was quite clear because I understood exactly um, what it meant. Yeah, but I was quite happy that I was in the space where others may, may uh, you know, the battleground yeah. was 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 distant from yeah. where I was. And and you can also I mean another thing that that goes unsaid is that when a whole lot of musicians chose to go into exile, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. You stayed that here. Also was by de- worked, yeah. That also was by that also was by default because Especially I remember with a, with a contract to be in LA yeah, right, in the states yeah. at the time. Yeah, well, going into exile was something that was happening much earlier. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. in seventy three, seventy six, and so that was a time. Where we could have decided to leave the country, right, right. and of course we had, there were influences, you know. Mm. There, uh, I must add that the Beatles, Harari, I don't know about other musicians, mm. had friends in political circles. Mm, mm, you know, mm. some of the guys we went to school with were already there. So when we went outside, yeah, the influence was so it's strong. Foreign, you know. I mean, you look at uh, General Spionyand. Yes. Yeah. A very close friend who was in exile. Most of the guys that saw us start to this thing were already in exile mm-hmm. and would mm-hmm. come to us and say, hey, man, manje, niavaya or niasal. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And then you go into Zimbabwe, you raise funds for Zipra and, you mm. know, the influence becomes so overwhelming. Mm. And you find yourself, yes. And you meet some of the guys who are leaving the country and say, we are via or we are sala. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. That was, it was heavy. Yeah, it was heavy. The influence was there. Yeah. I mean, at some stage we met, a, a, you know, uh, uh, liberation uh, struggle guys from Zim. Already we had interacted with guys like mm. Mike Minyati and so. I say, listen, we want you guys to raise funds for us, man. And we were doing that. Mm, mm. And one gentleman called George Mazimamut said, we are going to have to speak to some of your people in, 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 in Zambia. Mm. So we were in Malawi and uh, on the border. Hey. 
we had yeah. to meet someone so that they can make us but unfortunately you know fate yeah makes a determination as to whether this what Ego this is what your life yeah. or not yeah. and uh, should i say fortunately or unfortunately we could not go yeah so we came back home and continues to continue doing what we were doing yeah, yeah. And, and 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 it has all made, it's made all the difference. It made all the difference. Yes. Yeah. Do, do, yeah. do you feel that that was like one of the best decisions that you ever made? Because like you said, you had an opportunity, and and fortune decided that you stay. And here you were with us throughout that entire struggle until we finally saw that. I, I don't want to consider it as a decision that we made. It was a fate determined decision. I see. Because I think we wanted to. But fate had it otherwise. Yeah. Said, now go mm. back home. Yeah. You know? mm. And we continued making music and look at where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So what's on the And horizon? when I look back and I said maybe it was for the best. <laughs> yes. Know? Considering yeah. some of the things that are happening now and the I think you have a better understanding of the people who are here. I don't as opposed to I don't maybe? like to feel you know the current state of politics in South Africa is such that some of our people Mm. Have had a raw deal Yeah Yeah That's true Especially the artists Yeah Especially mm. the artists I'm not saying in any way That artists must grovel Towards politicians And request this And, and have their mm. demands request And patronage want to say, And that sort of thing We want yeah. patronage And stuff like that mm. The power Of how we transform Our own space mm. Will always remain with us mm. mm-hmm. But you know We become so beholden And Embedded in all this yeah. political s- space, yeah. that if we 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 cannot be seen to be an opposition, we cannot uh, say anything yeah, yeah. opposite oh, yeah. to what is oh, yeah. currently Forget happening. About it. A few weeks ago, I wrote a piece. Unfortunately, it was not published. Where I said, I find it very interesting that some of my peers and colleagues are quite happy to stand up and. Raise their voices on issues like xenophobia, AIDS, and so on. Those are easy things to talk about because then it sees us in the good light. As soft targets, we can talk about those, but our voices are silent on issues of corruption. Yeah. Why are our voices silent? And yet, when we were called upon during apartheid to, to make noise, to corruption. speak about that corruption, was we raised our voices it was easy, and we yeah. were seen and we yeah. understood to be mm. part of this right. liberation struggle. And suddenly all these things that are happening, which are corrupt, is it because it's a black government? No. Well, we can't speak. We must raise government. our voices. Mm. Yeah. You know, it may be a painful position that we take, but it is important that to be seen to be uh, people, right people that are willing to sacrifice it because Mandela did not sacrifice so that he can be loved by everyone. No, even at, at that time, I'm sure there were people who, when he was willing to die, so that there is righteousness. Yeah, and this is a position that many of us today, yeah. as artists, must take. Yeah, we yeah. must be in a position to say, No, we cannot allow corruption, you know. Yeah. Simply because we are given gigs or are put in positions of favor. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, make yeah. us any better. Brahosi, I wanted to ask you this question. Do you DJ? DJ? What music. is what is that? What is that? <laughs> oh, it's a musician. No, no, no. I, okay. No, yeah. I don't. No, yeah. I, don't. I don't. Speaking of things that you do, there's a gig coming up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about that. 
yeah. as we wrap up. You know, no, we, there, there's this very, very special, and it's a gig that is very close to my heart as well. Mm. Uh, we really love to encourage many of our people to read. Uh-huh. You know, there's an organization which has been started by a gentleman called Cyril Turton, where he, Cyril is, is an intellect. Okay, he's an academic, let me put it that way. He feels that our communities, our environment is bereft of uh, quality influence. Yeah. Our people don't read. 14%, no, 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 only no. 14% of our South Our people do not read. We don't uh, read avid books. readers. Do, do we count? Do we count the new age of reading? Have we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, How books. much do you read in in, in e-books? How much? Books, books. Whether e, uh, books, whether e-books or, or printed books. Printed only fourteen percent of South Africans are avid. We book tweet, readers. yes. We mm-hmm. see, the South African Book Development Council Facebook. did a study in two thousand. But do we really go on e-book and spend two, three days reading what is? Right. There's, there's something about right. being able to sust- to read a sustained narrative mm. for that that happens with with your your with cognitive your brain your, your, mm. brain, your cognitive development yeah. and the development of your humanity right. for that matter. Right. That's that so you, true, man. Yeah, that you are able to do when you are able to maintain mm. you know reading a long sustained narrative. Mm. You know mm. the cognitive mm. requirement mm. to do yes. that mm. on your development as a human being wow. that we are losing when we when we are not mm. literate. But are we adapting our systems to what there to is to the current? I, I, I'm reading Felakuti's Bitch of a Life now, right. and it's, I'm mm. reading it on my phone. Right. But, it's, but that's it's a, a long, the sustained emphasis. book. Yes. The emphasis is reading, reading. Okay. Yes. books. Reading. That's a matter right. of Whether convenience so that you yeah. don't forget yeah. your book because right. you, you exactly. never forget your phone, right? Uh, but do we actually read? And, and you're right. Point. A lot Only of us don't 14%. Read. 14%. 14%. Yeah. This is, this, you know, like a. Okay. Yeah. So we got to wrap up. Finish up about the gig. So when yeah. is so the gig? the gig is on the twenty fourth of uh, July. Okay. Twenty fourth uh, of Pops July. Pops Mahomet and I, Purvi Vabana, the same woman on sitar, yeah. and and Ashish Yoshi on tabla. Right. This is a very special a uh, a a concept. Okay. That Where about is it? It's at the Lyric at the Gold Reef City. Right. Okay. And yeah. uh, that's the show that we're going to do. And how much are the tickets? Two hundred bucks. The tickets are not, the money is not for us. Right. It is for us to raise enough capital to buy more books. Right. Buy more books, buy more books. Right. And influence communities to read. Done. Yeah. We yeah. are involved, six, six, so we're minutes. writing about it. And we'd like to get uh, your piece that you did write that isn't published. Because you will get in touch with you. And we'll and set it up. With your permission, we'd yes. love to publish it. Yes. And with your permission, we'd like to assist you yes. in promoting the event for the 24th of July. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. And with your permission, that. we need to wrap up. Thank you very much for joining yeah. us. Thank you so much for coming to the Thank you so much. Thank you to such wonderful people. Eh? We're out of here. But where are the women in the studio? Behind you. Behind you. They're running everything. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal, uncensored, unradio. Cliffcentral.com.